One of the things that's just so critical and in any kind of uh, industry or especially dentistry is that, man, you really need a great mentor. You're going to need someone to kind of guide you along. It's such a lonely profession in many respects. You're kind of running this dental practice and just kind of hoping and praying it's all going to work out for you. But what I've learned is that along the way, you're going to find some amazing people. And if you allow them to mentor you and allow them to teach you, those people can take it to heights that you never even found. You're listening to the Dental Sherpas Podcast, where we make it easier to transform your practice, get out of the chair, and into the life you want. Hey guys, welcome to the first episode of the Dental Sherpas, where we help dentists transform their practice, get out of the chair, and get into their life. I got Sed Lewis here, my co-host. Hey Sed, how you doing today? Hey Matt, what's up buddy? How are you? Hey man, I'm, I'm doing fantastic. As we were talking before we started recording, we're excited today because this podcast and this format and getting this information out to dentists, our dental friends out there has been a long time coming. So I'm excited to do this, we just said, and we got a lot to cover today. So let's dive in. How about it? I'm excited. Let's get going. You know, when we started talking about doing this, this metaphor kept coming into your mind. The metaphor mm-hmm. is this idea of dentists out there needing help, needing a Sherpa, so to speak, to borrow from the mountain climbing community. And so we've named our podcast Dental Sherpas, but I wanted you to take a second and talk a little bit about that metaphor and what that means to you and why we believe that's important, uh, important imagery to keep in mind as we dive in. Yeah, well, one of the things that's just so critical and in any kind of uh, industry or especially dentistry is that, man, you really need a great mentor. You're going to need someone to kind of guide you along. It's such a lonely profession in many respects. You're kind of running this dental practice and just kind of hoping and praying it's all going to work out for you. But what I've learned is that along the way, you're going to find some amazing people. And if you allow them to mentor you and allow them to teach you, those people can take it to heights that you never even found. So I look at it as being a case where one of the monikers I put to this dental Sherpas is we're going to help you climb that mountain. And the mountain being development of your practice, your professional and personal lives. And I think a lot of dentists out there have really never thought about it other than just kind of operating and being the dentist in the chair. I really want to give them the ability to kind of look outside that particular microcosm of their world and look at the ability for them to truly step into their own level of control of their business and their lives. So they really are fulfilled both personally and professionally. Man, that, that's uh, fantastic. I love the imagery of the Sherpa helping, but also I want to highlight one of the things you just said to help you have an element of greater control of what's happening in your practice. In my experience working with dentists around the country, I see that that they are very, I mean, we all are. Until we learn from mentors, like you said, we're very reactive in our businesses and even in our personal lives. And so I loved what you said. Talk a little bit more about um, the value of having some greater control and maybe moving from being reactive to proactive responding certainly to challenges, but being proactive uh, on the front end. What has that done for you in your life and your practice? Well, obviously, I think it's given me a much more settled way of looking at my life, to be honest. I think sometimes people think, well, that's sure going to help your business. But what I would add is it's given me much more clarity, much more peace, and much more fulfillment in my life. Because now, rather looking at my dental practice as one in which it would provide me a certain level of anxiety and angst of how I'm going to go about 
doing well enough to pay the bills, to keep my staff happy, to bring patients back. Now, because I have an eye on typically the bigger picture, how I can truly run a practice like a really great business and company, now I feel very much on the level where I'm seeing the future, as opposed to where before I was simply reacting and trying to put fires out all the time. Mm. One of the things that we're going to talk about as we move forward and that you and I are really committed to, and I want our listeners to know this, is we're committed to this idea that running a dental practice isn't going to fix you. We'll talk much more about that, but that element of control, that peacefulness that you can really experience in running a practice, again, not that it's not without issues or crises that pop up, but I've really watched you said over the years move from that anxiety reaction to the ability to calmly respond. And I mean that I've watched you when we first started working together. I remember us having a conversation about that. If you don't mind me saying about how, you know, you know, that many times staff feel like they're interacting with your anxiety instead of with you. And I've really watched you and listened to you and seen you grow to where you can respond with all of, you know, kind of said in the moment and work through any issues that come up. And I think that's huge for folks to, to get to hear from you. And I'm excited for them to hear from you about that. Yeah, I appreciate it. I look forward to talking about it. So let's talk about who is this podcast for? As we sat down and started thinking about, you know, there's lots of different dental business podcasts out there. Who are we going for? Who do we think this will help? You know, I think it's going to really help those guys out there. It's actually going to be a broad audience, but I really think it's going to help those guys and gals out there that really are looking at uh, a scenario in their dental practice where they're looking out and they're thinking to themselves, God, there's got to be more. There's got to be something more to this than me just showing up and, and working and just basically picking up the drill and doing my daily routine. I think we're really going to bring value to are those people who really, truly want to transform their practice without truly breaking their backs or truly taking on more and more stress and strife. I think if people come to this uh, podcast, what they're going to learn is they're really going to learn how to take themselves out of being a clinician and learning how to be a CEO instead. We want to help you get out of the chair. Absolutely. Not just out of the chair for the sake of getting out of the chair. That's fantastic. That's a great goal and that's a great benchmark to shoot for. So we really want you to get you into the life that you want. And the dental practice can be a great uh, tool to help you get there. I think one of the big picture items that I want to make sure we're clear upon is that sometimes people think getting out of the chair is going to be something that they don't want to do because that's going to take a, a skill set they love and they, and they actually enjoy doing. And they also kind of view the CEO as being kind of this money greeting, you know, Monty Burns kind of, uh, you know, picturesque kind of person if we all remember The Simpsons. But the reality is that I think like, like Matt's saying is that we truly get to a point when you're really getting yourself out of the chair and truly getting yourself in a position where you can look over the practice and look at the means of really improving it, you end up not just enhancing your own life, but you enhance your team's life, you enhance your family's life. You literally become a more, as far as I'm concerned, a better contributor to your community if you're able to have that ability to get outside the practice from just being in the chair. It's really about creating options, right? And, Correct. you know, you and I have a good friend who created a, a practice where he can get out of the chair, but I love his statement. He said, you know, I'm really just a tooth whittler. I like to sit in the chair and work on patients, but he's in a position uh, or you can be in a position where you don't have to do that if you don't want to, but certainly can. Uh, if Absolutely you know. correct. 
Because it is a noble profession. It's a skill set that many dentists have worked a long time to get really good at. We're not saying just jump out of it, but there is an option strategy there. So let's talk about some of the things that we're going to talk about. When this idea of Dental Sherpa came to said, it really made a ton of sense to really think about structuring what we talk about much like we would structure or plan to climb Mount Everest. And if you know anything about climbing Mount Everest, you know that you don't just start at the bottom of the mountain one day and just start climbing and climb as far as you can and then take a nap and then keep going. There there are people who have climbed Everest. I mean, we're in the thousands, I think now, Uh, of people that have climbed Everest. And so they have developed a very clear and systematic process to climb Everest. It starts before you get there. There's preparation, there's mindset. You have to decide why you're doing this. You have to decide how, where am I going to get the capital in order to invest in this endeavor to get to the top of Everest. And then once you, you get that plan and you pick your dates, there's acclimation that needs to happen. And then there's a trek that that takes you to base camp and many folks stay at base camp for several weeks while they're getting acclimatized. There's an entire process that has to be in place to safely go up to the top of Everest. And so that imagery, I think that metaphor is great for the dental practice as well because there's a lot of preparation. There's things that I talk to a lot of dentists and they laugh and they say, man, that's kind of, kind of frou-frou stuff, thinking about mindset and uh, vision and all of that. But it's so important. That's equivalent to the preparation and the planning before you ever get on an airplane and go to Kathmandu. What we have seen as well that the base camp uh, of Everest is really, well, Seth, let me ask you. Yeah. What would be the equivalent in the dental world to the base camp of Everest when it comes to business planning or consulting? Yeah, I think it's a great analogy. I think the analogy of Kathmandu to base camp was, is perfectly suited to what we're talking about. I think, and just going to what you just shared with me about many dentists are kind of talking about some of the bigger pictures and the core values and altruistic values as being kind of foo-foo, but I would say the reason many dentists or maybe people feel that way is because most of the information or most of the ways of growing a practice that is typically given out in traditional consultants or, or, or CE courses out there really are only trying to get you from Kathmandu to base camp, meaning that they're just trying to give you the basics to make yourself a little bit more productive and maybe increase the revenue more in your business, but they're not really giving you the tools to really take your practice to the next level. Like Matt was saying, there's definitely different levels and camps along the way to kind of reach that peak. And unless you're kind of doing it in a fashion that's going to truly allow you to move in the right direction, you're always going to be at base camp. That's great. And many times the tools and strategies that get you to base camp are um, certainly necessary to get you to base camp, which means in my mind, getting you to base camp for your dental practice is like getting you to profitability, getting you to, you know, a consistent patient flow getting right. you to uh, a staff that uh, is somewhat manageable and workable, right? Mm-hmm. Those, are, those are all kind of base camp ideas and all those things have to be there. So we're not saying they're not important, but many right. times the mindset that gets you from Kathmandu, so to speak, to base camp, to that spot, if those don't change, 
you'll make decisions in your dental practice that end up keeping you from going to the next level because it's the same mindset that took you from Kathmandu to base camp. And so all along the way, we have to be asking, what's our mindset? Look, before you climb Everest, you have to decide you want to do it. Mm -hmm. Because at some point, you're going to get in the middle of that climb and it's going to get really hard. And you have to know why you're doing it, right? You have to know, hey, there's something up there at the top that's more valuable to me than this pain that I'm going through now. So there is this idea of mindset, which we're going to spend our next uh, podcast on, said, uh, in my mind, we, I think we should go there. This mindset is really valuable to think about because, again, what we could end up doing is doubling down on the mindset that got you to base camp. Right. And, and when you double down on that mindset that gets you to base camp, would you agree, said that could end up limiting you from getting higher? Because many times the thing that got you to base camp is increasing your skills, right? Right. Learning how to cut that crown faster, right? How to right. do a presentation, yeah. all that stuff. It's, it's that skill-based uh, approach, but it's a different mindset. T talk about that just a little bit, said. The decision to go from base camp, let's just say to camp one, is that there's an entirely different skill set you're talking about. I mean, just to kind of bring up the dental analogy again, yes, in your base camp, let's use that analogy again, you're learning how to be a more efficient clinician. You're learning to add some more skill set, maybe some specialty services, maybe learning to basically uh, be a little more efficient business manager of your practice, maybe get costs down. Yes, those all definitely work but there's no level of ability to grow past that. It just becomes this little, I would call it this kind of circle of dysfunction that eventually becomes the, the reality for you. You can't grow past that. So what Matt is talking about is that there's going to have to be a decision made. There's going to have to be an understanding that in order for me to go to that next level, I need to develop some different skill sets. I need to maybe think about, well, how am I going to grow the practice that doesn't involve me doing the exact same thing or putting myself under personal duress even further? That's the framework from which we're going to talk about uh, growing a dental practice and getting to the next level and getting out of the If you're going to entrust the charting of your dental path to somebody, we believe that you need to know the stories of the folks who are going to guide you. So, said, why don't you take a second and just kind of answer the question, who are you? What is your story? I'm just a dentist here in Honolulu, Hawaii. I, uh, like many of you, started out very humbly. I, I basically started out as a guy who had a 800 square foot practice with two operatories and, and struggled mightily, to be honest. I mean, I, I was a guy who was in the situation where I joined an office where there was probably, you know, maybe just two people to start out with me. I had a front office, so I had one assistant, and I was struggling mightily. In fact, I always share the story of people who were here, here for me that I remember jumping into this complex I was in, and there were 60 other dentists. And as I was thinking to myself, I thought, what am I doing? I don't even, I don't even belong here. I mean, I, I'm not going to be able to compete. And I was at a point where I wasn't doing great. I realized there was heavy competition. And I seriously gave, you know, some real thought to just getting out of this profession because I was doing just terrible. And I was at a point you know, at the end of my rope where I was, I always tried this story as well, but I was talking to my father about this. My father was a retired judge. He was, I was sitting in his old office at home and I was asking him, Dad, I, I just don't think I, I can make it. It's just so rough. And his advice to me was, have you ever considered law school? So, I, you know, right there and there, it was that thanks, kind of Dad. That. And, <laughs> thanks, Dad. You really appreciate it. But it did get me to kind of face the facts, you know, like, hey, man, if I'm going to make this happen, I need to, to make a decision. I need to change what I'm doing. And I need to figure out a way that's going to be better than just simply struggling the rest of my life. 
And what I simply did at that point is I made a conscious decision to start being around, meeting people, talking to people who had done things successfully before, both in the dental industry and in other business industries, to get a mindset of what made them successful, what allowed them to grow in a profession that's highly competitive and also highly difficult, but done in a way that gives them a lot more command of where they're going in the future. So it's very, very fortunate to kind of surround myself and meet people and take the time to inundate myself with people who are just, to be honest, just much smarter than I was. And then what I did was that allowed me to start getting a lot more understanding of how to go about running a dental practice, which inevitably is a business, and learning how to do that confidently, and then building on my successes, and then learning that within each typical step of growth, I had to get a new skill set, and another skill set, and understanding along the way, and being humble enough to realize I couldn't do it on my own, and then allowing myself to learn from other people who are going to allow me to take those next steps. And then once I was able to do that, boy, it provided me a certain level of confidence, which I would never have had had I not had these experience sharing with these wonderful people along the way. So what I would share about myself is that I think what I, what I can really share with you guys is that it isn't like I just simply jumped into this really successful practice and bought it for a giant amount of money. I was a very humble practice. We were a very tiny little office and had nothing going on. And just through sheer you know, grit and sheer belief that we're going to do it right and surrounding myself with the right people, we're able to take a company now that went from a two-operatory practice and now we're at a, co- a company now where we're two large dental practices, which are about 10 chairs each, and we're running into revenues now of over $9 million. And so we've done well based on the growth principles that, are, that we learned by taking the time to learn the skill sets that a lot of people before me took, took to heart and actually gave me the ability to learn from their abilities and their experiences. So that's what I'm trying to learn about, share with you about myself, is that my story is that I took the time to be around people who help improve my life. And what I want to do now is just simply pay that forward. There's not many that I look at and say, they have a successful business, but I want their life. But when I look at you, Sed, I go, wow, Sed's really doing it right. Like Sed has a successful business and is working hard as a father and a husband and a friend. My background, uh, quickly said, if that's okay, so folks can kind of get to know me. Please, yeah. Yeah, I'm Matt Kennedy, and I'm a financial advisor by trade. And about 10 years ago, a friend of mine was hosting some dentists at his dental office and said, Matt, why don't you come over and talk to these guys about what you're doing financially? Maybe you'll pick up some clients. And I went over and I got there about 15 minutes early, stayed about 15 minutes after I gave my little talk and I was listening to these guys talk about their business. And I called my friend up afterwards and I said, hey, I need to confess something to you. I don't know how to help people make more money. I know how to go find people who have money, tell them what to do with it, how to protect it, maybe make more money with the money that they have. But I don't know how to help people make more money. And I'm so curious about this. Can I come and listen to you do this for a full day when you have some dentists in? And he was gracious enough uh, to do that. And so that led me into this world of dentistry. And to be honest with you, I fell in love with the independent dentist. And I was graciously welcomed into this wonderful world of guys like said who are doing dentistry at the next level and are trying to go to higher levels and higher levels. So what I really learned in that process was that the dental practice is the dentist's number one asset. 
it's the cash machine that drives everything in their financial world. And that many times in a financial plan with a typical financial advisor, the typical advisor doesn't understand what's happening in the practice. And so just out of, not out of a badness, but just out of a lack of experience with the dental practice or ignorance might end up recommending they do something in their financial plan that ends up blocking what they're trying to do in their financial plan. And so we launched into working with dental practices all around the country on growing their practice first, helping them implement some of these things that we're talking about with said, and then turning it into wealth, trying to help them exit or create options to exit those kinds of things. So been in dental practices all over the country. And I do want to say this, I have seen this philosophy and the things that we're going to talk about in this practice work, not only in SED's office, seen it firsthand, but I've seen it work in tiny little towns in the Midwest, large cities in the Northeast, medium-sized cities in the South. I'm in Nashville, Tennessee. These principles apply and they can work anywhere. So it's not just superstars. I always think of uh, the Michael Jordan story where when he left playing and went to be with the Washington Wizards in the front office and he couldn't get the team to perform well. And he just said, you know what, to heck with this, just give me a jersey. I'm going to go out and play. And the story goes that in his first practice with the team, he said, look, I don't know how to teach y'all how to do what I do. Just watch me and do what I do. That's pretty intimidating. Oh, so you're saying, oh, I just need to be Michael Jordan. Um, I can't really do that. The guy's gifted uh, athletically. But what what we're saying here is not just listen and do what said does, but we're saying, hey, this can apply to everyone. You don't have to be Michael Jordan uh, in order for these things uh, to be helpful. That's our hope. We want to be helpful. We have a deep well uh, of experience between the both of us to help you get to the top of your mountain. And every week we'll break that down into bite-sized little chunks. We'll bring in some experts, some friends of ours that we know and have some conversations. And we do want you to know this, said you'll love that I'm throwing this in here. What we're going to show you, climbing Everest ain't hard right? You just go, go to the top, right? It ain't hard. The objective ain't hard, but it sure ain't easy. And so we want to break this down to help you guys go step by step and in our metaphor, go from camp to camp. So, so said, I think next time, uh, why don't we talk about uh, in keeping with our mountain theme, how to, you know, prepare to make the transformation Uh, and make these changes in your practice. And what I'm talking about there is the mindset. So before you ever even book the trip to Kathmandu, what kind of mindset do you need before you decide to take on something like this? How's that sound to you? That sounds great. I think that's probably the most critical uh, step to be, uh, just get started. I think that's going to be one of the biggest things to talk about for sure. All right. Sounds good. (laughs) 